Hi, I'm Erica Ramirez, founder of Illy and host of What About Your Friends, a podcast dedicated to the many lives of friendship and how it's portrayed in pop culture. Every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, I talk to my best friend, Stephen Othello, and your favorites from within the Ringer and beyond about friendships on TV, in movies, pop culture, and our real lives. So join me every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, where we try to answer the question TLC asked back in the day, what about your friends? Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new champion. But I'm better than you. And you know it. D-M-D. Acknowledge me. Well, ding dong, hello. Embrace the vision. And we want the smoke. Lately, he just hasn't been very oozy. Heard worldwide. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Wednesday Worldwide. Worldwide. A proud member of the faction known as the Ringer Wrestling Show. My name is Ben Cruz, and I'm a producer here at the Ringer. And with me, as always, are my tag team partners. Senior editor at TheRinger.com, Cal Davenport. And, of course, the super producer, here at the ringer, Mr. Brian H. Waters. My guys, I gotta know on a scale from one to ten, how excited are each of you for Dominic Mysterio, Cody Rhodes at Money in the Bank? Because I think I'm at a 15. Ooh. A fifth, yeah, yeah. I, I I will say when I first saw the two of them in the ring, I said yes. This is like they're so good with character. Like I can only imagine what their entrances at the O2 Arena. Magic! I can't wait. Well, you just Brian. sold me right there because you just said the entrances. <laughs> I didn't think about the entrances. I was oh, yeah. already. I mean, I'm down for anything Dominic Mysterio. That's my guy. You know, uh, he did hard times in the pen and he's changed his <laughs> life around. So I'm very excited. So yeah, let's get it started, man. Facts. I need. We need. You remember how? Uh, when The Rock was almost at his peak, they had Rock Bottom mm-hmm. uh, as, as a pay per view mm-hmm. for him. Yes. I just, I just, I just thought of it because uh, I just saw a T-shirt about this. But uh, <laughs> hard times needs to be done for Dominic. That needs to be a PLE. Wow! Just, just an, and he needs to be the face of that poster. WWE so, hard times. Yeah, and no, I'm with it. Let's go. That's definitely going on social media. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's, this is free ideas for WWE. Facts. Let's go, tri- WWE. Trips. Trips. We know you could listen to Wednesday Worldwide. So just make sure you credit us when, uh, when, when you actually make this idea come to fruition. Facts. Let's kick things off the right way with some high spot headlines. You all know the deal. I'm going to read out some of the biggest headlines of the week in the world of professional wrestling. And whoever wants to tag in and let some thoughts fly, of course, let them fly. First up, reportedly, WWE wants Drew McIntyre back at Money in the Bank. Our guy, Sir Wilkins, just uh, rolled over in his seat wherever he's listening to. Uh, but I'll toss it over to you, Cal, first. Uh, you know, Drew has been off TV for a while, and, and it makes sense as to why they might want him back at Money in the Bank, it, with it being, you know, at, at O2 Arena and, and that pop that he mm-hmm. would get. Does Drew's return, or potentially imminent return, you know, he's, he's doing some stuff for them um, at the Special Olympics and, mm-hmm. you know, on, on their behalf, does his return do anything for you uh 
I think it depends on how he's used. You know, I, 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 we've seen, we saw a lot of Drew over the last, you know, I guess like two, three years, especially early pandemic. He had, he had the Thunderdome on his back at that time as a, as a world champion. Uh, but, you know, there was right around WrestleMania time, there was that conversation about, uh, you know, him kind of feeling like he needs to get back into that run. So I I could see it happening. I would love to see it happening over Raw with him and Seth. I do say, though, I would like to see a different Drew than what we saw last time because he was also a good guy for a while. And I, I don't know if I'm ready to see a, another babyface Drew McIntyre run in the main event scene and switch it up a little bit. If you're going to bring him back, that pop at the O2 is going to be that pop at the O2. But if he's back, I, I just change him up a little bit. So I'm, I'm not going to be so, uh, so frustrated over seeing the same thing for another like two, three years. Right. I, I mean, Brian, him being a heel on raw challenging Seth for the world title out the gate. Is that, is that more in line with, with something that you'd be interested as well? One million percent. Let's book it. Drew McIntyre comes out there, the O2 Arena, it's hot. They happy to see him. And he cashes in. You know, he enters in the money in the bank, just Ooh. like Brock Lesnar did. Takes the briefcase and cashes in on Seth Rollins immediately. And then night. Oh, sh- beats him down to the point people are like, wait a minute. Okay, we thought we liked you. But now you're just being disrespectful. You imagine, oh. like, of course he's going to get the pop because he's a world champion, and I respect the world championship. But I don't think that this title should have the same type of lengthy runs, even if Seth, like, drops it and picks it back up, right? Uh-huh. I don't want to see it have the same lengthy runs as Roman sure. did. I of would course. like to see, you know, some one-upsmanship. And instead of using the word hot potato, some, okay, this guy's better on this night. This guy's right. better on that night. Why not Drew McIntyre cash in immediately and stand over Seth Rollins and then you create a few going into SummerSlam? I like Man, that. Actually, I I like it too, mainly from the aspect of giving Drew that his moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That he right. never really got because he was he was the pandemic champion. Mm-hmm. And which I, I, I mean, still don't think he gets enough credit for. for he worked for his the, ass the job off. That he had to he, do. If when when Company I first got back. here last, I'm sorry. When I first got here last year and, and, and was working on the uh, shouts out to Nick Bond and the uh, the Powerboard Wrestling dot Ringer dot com, uh, Drew McIntyre was on top of that for so long, and a lot of that was just because he when they went back to doing house shows, it was Drew and Bianca who were really anchoring a lot right. of that stuff. And, but Drew was right. wrestling a singles match for the title, but he would also re- wrestle a tag match. Or like a six man or something like that against whoever was was the big heels as well. So he was doing a lot before uh, before ever the world started opening up again. So I think you're right. Just like uh, just like they let Rhea Ripley get that moment back at WrestleMania, I could see them doing that for Drew as well. I really enjoyed I really enjoyed Brian's point too about having the world heavyweight title just be different. Yes, right. Then it and look, would it be a little meh to to have Seth drop the title so quick. The idea of it, I think so, but mm-hmm. the concept as a whole, kind of big picture, Brian, I think what you're saying makes a whole lot of sense and and would be would be kind of interesting, right? Because yeah. we 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 to to Cal's point earlier of we've seen the Drew thing of him being you know this 
white meat baby face. We've also seen the lengthy title run with Roman. So let's mm-hmm. let's, let's uh, switch things up. I, I'm, I'm with it, though. But it will be good to see Drew back on TV. I know his contract situation is a little murky right now, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully the, uh, they could, they can work some things out, and, and 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 I think one of the things you know he reportedly wants as well is is just a storyline that he can really mm-hmm. sink his teeth into, and I think this right. would be something that falls in line with that. Speaking of the aforementioned Seth Rollins, next up on High Spot Headlines, Seth freaking Rollins with a with a doozy of a quote here. <laughs> quote: Full timers should have priority over part-timers at WrestleMania. Now, it seems like that would be an obvious thing. Uh, and it also seems like he's he's more so talking about your, your Logan Pauls of the world, who he defeated yeah. this past year at WrestleMania 39. But, Brian, it seems like he's a, it seems a little shot-ish at the one tribal chief, Roman Reigns, because he's, he's also a little bit of a part-timer now these days, is uh, should, should should Paul Heyman be calling Roman Reigns wondering what his thoughts are <laughs> on this Seth Rollins podcast quote? Um, I think I think he should, just so that the tribal chief is aware of what's going on. But <laughs> overall... <laughs> um, I, understand, I understand where Seth Rollins is coming from. And to be fair... He did acknowledge the fact that he understands WrestleMania was built on the rock and roll, uh, rock and wrestling connection. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you overdo it when you have too many part timers. But I, you know, I do think that, look, you know, full timers, but you also got to look at full time money. Roman Reigns may be working a part time schedule, quote unquote. But like he said, if anybody could have his deal, they take it in a heartbeat. And. At the end of the day, he's still bringing in full-time wrestlers' money. Until somebody else steps up and do what he's doing, you know, Seth Rollins need to just you gotta know, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. You gotta acknowledge him. I I, I like when uh, it was the end of SmackDown. I, I swear this has a point. The end of SmackDown. Solo and Paul and and you got you got Jimmy and in the arena looking at each other and Jay standing there and Jay walks away. I love Paul Heyman's holding his phone in front of his face. He's like, "Call Roman Reigns." I don't know why that that stuck out to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think in a Great situ- image. in a situation like this. I I feel for Seth because I say the same thing when WrestleMania season comes around. And it's it, every time I say this, the conversation is nostalgia, Cal. You know, we got to have the big names. You got to have the Steve Austin. You got to have the John Cena. You got to have. The, I mean, th- there's a lot of people who fall under that part timers. You know what I mean? The, the 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 extra names who are added when it's time for everybody to make sure that people are filling out SoFi or whatever stadium. I'm always saying, well, wait. Why do we need X, Y, Z? There's a great storyline that's like right around here with somebody that's working. I'm always told that you got to put asses in seats, but I think Seth is right. And whoever he's shooting at, I'm glad he's doing it. The question (laughs) is, is this like how, how much of this is a work? Because I'm I like at a certain point, it it reminds me of the scene of rock stuff where they were kind of going back and forth outside of the pro wrestling world. And they had to bring it to the WWE Whoever he's shooting at, I hope at some point they realize and they do something because he's he's lobbing a lot of he's lobbing a lot of shots out there and it's got to turn into something. Right. Like this has to if he he's so he's so emphatic on 
this being not just considered a second rate title, not just considered the work rate title. Like he wants this title to mean something. I feel like he's building towards something or, or, or am I just, am I, or is he just aggravated and, 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 and talking shit? <laughs> I think you're right in that it is. I think if this is building towards a him and Roman blow off match at some point, right? Because now you have, you obviously have still the, the in storyline story, if you will, that he's the only guy still who hasn't lost to Roman during this run. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But now they'll be able to kind of pull these clips, right? Of these subtle jabs that Seth has thrown out there. It's and, all right there. You know, to his credit, it's, you know, these these interviews and and Becky, too, to an extent, it's really smart because it's when when they put out this world heavyweight title, uh, you know, tournament and and that he was going to be a part of it. You know, there's a reason why his name was kind of at the top of most people's lists of he's the guy. He's the guy who should probably get it because he's putting himself in positions to be talked about. Right. right? And look, the the in-ring stuff will always be it should should be and will always be number one and again seth is you know puts on bangers after bangers as in one of the best in the game period but it's also stuff like this that keeps him relevant right Right. because Mm -hmm. and 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 the reason why and and we've talked a lot about on this show you know that organic turn right that that he just he experienced over the last year or so Mm. is because of stuff like this where he's just kind of spitting truth you know and um i I do think this is all culminating, though, in some blow-off match between him and Roman. Right. And uh, look, I, I think at 40 next year, it's probably still going to end up being the Tribal Chief and Cody Rhodes and, and you know that story finishing itself there. But, man, maybe I, there's still an outside chance and, a, and a, I'd say a pretty good chance that it's Seth along the way because, as, as Brian said earlier during the first uh headline seth won't be he might not be world heavyweight champion for a very long time like he's not or he, he might be it for a few months but he's not going to be you know this bruno sammartino <laughs> type right. run. and it, right. it could be him who's gonna dethrone roman which i don't hate no I'm yeah just, like you said i think it'll just be by the time mania comes in he may be on his third world heavyweight title run as opposed to just right. being on his first yeah mm-hmm. and not don't hate it uh, Brian, Brian yeah. talked me into it, man. Brian, <laughs> I'm with it. I'm with it. Sold me on it harder than uh, a hard times PLE for Dominic Mysterio. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm all about it. Last one here on High Spot Headlines. LA Knight is the current betting favorite to win the money in the bank briefcase. Cal, you, you, you were talking a little bit before we started recording. You, you're get rich quick scheme is to put some money on LA Knight and it looks like that might not be the best value bit yeah, are, I mean, you, uh, are you I, in on LA Knight carrying the briefcase I, I, you know what the thing is is it probably makes sense what I'm in for though is like a disappointment like cause I know a lot of a lot of y'all love LA Knight and I, I, I hope he wins cause if he doesn't win whoever gets that it's you know in, the, in that building when, there's always that one that people are cheering for, and then when they lose, whoever is the person that gets that briefcase, boo, like they're gonna have to figure something out here. I I don't know. The problem is I don't, except for Damian Priest, 
I feel yep. like those are the only two that really got a got a strong shot for actually taking that title. And I feel like Damien may get that shot before uh, L.A. Knight does. So uh, that good for Damien because Damien's already a heel. Hmm. I mean, they have the two best betting odds right now. LA yeah. Knight, number one, at minus 175. Damien Priest at plus 125. Everyone else is uh, e- almost equally not a great bet uh, Wait, so, to, to so, win this thing. So just so I'm clear, because I'm, I'm ignorant to all this stuff. So I put if I put money on Damien Priest, which I'm not doing because I don't bet at all. I, I, I seriously don't. This is not a bit. Um, I can make money if he wins. Yeah, so basically, if you put down $100 on Damien Priest to win, you would win 125 Damn. So <laughs> it, it, those are okay odds. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not, and LA Knight, conversely, you know, my, at minus 175 To win $100, you would need to put down $175. Yeah, see, neither of those bets seem worth, like, getting in not, trouble not by great. my better half. They're, yeah, like, I I, <laughs> I I don't want something thrown at the at the room if I lose 100 bucks be- or, or more because one of these chuckleheads can't, can't climb a ladder and get a briefcase. <laughs> no disrespect, I'm just saying. You know, I, 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 it's not, it doesn't seem worth it. It doesn't seem worth it. <laughs> Chuckleheads is an incredible term. I think that needs to be one of our one of our first T-shirts. Brian, <laughs> L.A. Knight, who mm-hmm. uh, again we're all big fans of mm-hmm. on this show, is is he is he? Are, do these betting odds to you make sense that he is the favorite? When I look at the, everybody, I would say yes. Uh, maybe Damian Priest, just because he's been in a world championship uh, mm-hmm. match and he's been in like you know this thing he's got going on with Finn Balor. Uh, everybody else has kind of been away from the title. So right. I could see, I mean, with the exception of Shinsuke Nakamura, of course, but I could see why if it wasn't LA Knight, it would be Damian Priest. But mm-hmm. I do feel like maybe, you know, Vegas is saying, hey, we feel like this is the direction, especially with all the Stone Cold Steve Austin talk beforehand yeah. so that's why i think that's why he might be the odds on favor i think there's a lot of people believe that wwe is high on him so um i wouldn't bet it but you know i can see why he's the odds on favorite right yeah i'm still so there's there's six names who have qualified right that's it that's mm-hmm. is that all the participants I, Just yeah to be i believe clear, that's this, it this is it the women still has one more competitor to be announced. Right. But yeah, I think I think this is it for the men. Again, unless Drew McIntyre can just do pull a Brock Lesnar and, and walk right into the match and be considered a add a, himself a into the match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no I, logic or reason. Yeah, I, I, and there's still you know <laughs> there's still time. There's still a couple of, of Raws and Smackdowns before uh, the O2. So any if they want to add anybody, they could. But yeah, as, I as hope of right they now, this like is this it. though. I I already saw a poster with all six of them. It didn't have like a vacant character or, or a creator character in there or anything right. like that. So uh, I think this is they're probably set. Yeah, especially when you I, look at the um, I don't want to say lack of star power. What I see is WWE moving towards the future, right? Um, right. none mm-hmm. of these participants have been a world champion in WWE, so there's an opportunity for to create a new star or mm-hmm. to you know. I mean, I think it's obvious this person is cashing in on Seth. Um, They said that the Intercontinental Championship and the United States Championship is eligible also. I don't want to see that. (laughs) No, please don't. I don't. It's a little rough. That's a little rough. It's not cheap in the briefcase. 
Yeah, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't. I don't want to see a U.S. title cash in. It doesn't. It doesn't hit the same as as the yeah. world title cash in to me. No, no, no. These these ricochet odds are just straight up disrespectful. By the feel way, feel bad. He has the he, worst odds. You would think he wasn't cooking in like uh, the the t- the tournaments that he was in and as a tag team uh, uh, partner with uh, Braun Strowman, but but if you put money on him, you come up big. Yeah, you will though. Yeah, little, little plus fourteen hundred. Ryan H. Waters, how much money are you putting on Ricochet there. right now? A dollar? Yeah, see, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, you know, it's it's tough. It's it's, it's tough out here. Mm-hmm. But you'd win 14. Exactly. <laughs> so that's a hell of a come up. That's top uh, dollar for you. Just from a percentage you. standpoint. It is literally the, <laughs> no pun intended. Is, I, maybe I should. Maybe dollar. I should. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. By the way, if I messed up any of these betting odds, uh, all you people who enjoy spending some money feel free to correct me yeah uh, let us know you know i I'm, I'm 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 pretty sure i have it correct but i'm also open to being corrected so let us know i'm trying to have go. fun this summer no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> there it is you heard the drop it is time for they said what the three of us have listened to The Masked Man Show and Cheap Heat, as I'm sure all of you fine listeners have as well, because you're already subscribed to our wonderful feed here on The Ringer Wrestling Show. But we get to do something I'm sure you all wish you could do from time to time. We're going to respond to a take dropped by the likes of the legendary David Shoemaker and Kaz, Peter Rosenberg, that guy Greg and Dip. But for today's edition of They Said What, we're actually going straight to the Wednesday Worldwide Hotline. Brian H., you said it's from our girl Stephanie Hardy, correct? That is correct. Shout to Steph Hardy. Play the clip. Hi, it's your girl Stephanie from the Hardy Wrestling Podcast and Women's Wrestling Talk. And I'm here to say that I feel like AEW um, and their event, Forbidden Door, will do a huge disservice if they don't include any of the women from New Japan and stardom on their card, like uh, Mayu Iwatani, the IWGP Women's Champion. And, of course, you also have Willow Nightingale thrown in there, too. But if they don't have any of the Japanese women on the card that have been making moves all for this half of the year, it will be a huge disservice to Forbidden Door. Correct. She's not wrong. She's big, not wrong at all. Big fat correct. I I I'm actually I was looking for the as of right now the card is literally still just the two matches. Uh, Will Ospreay <laughs> right. versus Kenny Omega and Danielson versus Okada. Um, at the very least, New Japan's strong women's champion Willow Nightingale should be in the building at Forbidden Door. More than likely facing somebody from stardom or new japan i mean I, I but i would also love to see someone like julia who i feel like has a lot of qualities that could translate um on on, on this side of the uh the the, the world uh, but yeah I, I i think i i can only say that steph hardy's 100 correct at this juncture with what new japan has been doing with with cultivating that women's division uh, along with stardom um i think this is the perfect time to kind of quiet because that's always been the talk is they kind of understand what they're doing with the elite and a lot of the men's stuff but the women's stuff could fall to the you know it could fall a little lesser for aw a lot of people have said so something like this at forbidden door it's probably more necessary than they realize 
I mean, it, it's it's a little troublesome that they haven't really flushed out most of the card, and it's what eleven days away. Yeah, it's not that right? far or away. Maybe at all. it's not not that far away. And I mean, Brian, how mm. much do you think Mercedes' injury really mm. kind of messed up what they were planning? Because it seems like they had a lot of plans for her. I mean, you know, there's always obviously those reports that she was supposed to beat willow for the title uh, when they had their initial match and you know it feels like she would have been a big part of the show and that there's that's i don't know i'm not trying to make excuses here but that that, maybe that's part of the reason why you know they haven't even announced uh anything on the women's side no i think it has a lot to do with it um you know right here i have is um last year's pwi women's 150 and the number one women's wrestler with Siri, who was um, at the time the stardom champion, I think the issue would be is how do you introduce the casual fans to them, right? Um, it, uh, let's be real. A lot of us um, was put more on the radar with New Japan a few years ago when Chris Jericho went over there and wrestled Kenny Omega and then started right. doing his like world tour that brought in more of the mainstream casual wrestling fans. If you were diehard, you knew. Same thing with uh, Stardom. So I definitely understand what Stephanie Hardy is saying. I just wish that Mercedes was around because I feel like her influence can pull the women from over there stronger than what a Tony Storm can do right now, stronger than what a Britt Baker can do right now. Um, I would love to be wrong on this take, but I think that that's what it comes down to is who's... Who can make it a big enough deal and put their opponent over, build their opponent up before you get to Forbidden Door? But you, I, I mean, the, I, I'm, I'm back in my day, but like, you know, I remember watching, I, I grew up watching NWA specifically. I should say WCW figure 1991 Starcade. They yeah. had the show. And the main event was Black Scorpion versus Sting in a whole cage. Like, I, and they were building that story. That night, they also said, "Oh, we're gonna have an international tag team tournament." Mm-hmm. And they would, they just had you figure it was like, and the Steiner brothers were the 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 U.S. Entrance, but there were teams from all over. Teams from New Zealand. You had Muda and Masa Saito from Japan. One of the illest tag teams ever. You watched their match with the Steiners. That's a fire match from that show. But I, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know a lot of these people in this tournament. You got people coming from South Africa. You got people from coming from different parts in Europe. They were introduced to a lot of people on this show, and you get to see that talent. I think it's. I think that part of it, because I understand needing to have a bridge. Uh, Mm -hmm. Women like Mercedes Monet did a great job of bringing scores of people, at least from my community, to understanding how to how to mess with New Japan on on a pay per view level and stuff like that. But it, it. it sometimes you got to kind of just start feeding people this stuff a little a little slowly. You know, because at a certain point, if they not even like bringing the same people, like you don't have to have Suri on all the time. But if it's her and then it's Julia and you, you at the very least make it known that these are the stars from stardom. These are the women that represent New Japan. You you drill it in. They did it with All In. Yeah, right. All In, they had a whole tournament. There were a lot of names on that card because I wasn't used to a lot of the different organizations. 
just start you like it sometimes you got to just do it you you don't really you don't really need to have a fully fleshed out plan especially if the benefit is just going to be dope women having dope matches on american product like you you want more of that right like you got to you kind of got to teach the audience how to how to take that stuff in sometimes yeah especially with how they've positioned forbidden door right of of oh it's 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 this cross company uh, event, right? right? This big deal, and I don't know. They, the the women's, the lack of women's booking is just kind of a a microcosm of, I don't know how it's it's almost been mistreated in a way, right? Yeah. Forbidden Door as a whole, where it's it's not really treated as the the way that they've made it seem, at least in, right. in you know kind of the lead up to when it, when it when it debuted so um it's 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 interesting um and and i hope that they do figure it out and at least announce some stuff in in the next couple of days here because I, I, again there's there's not really much to be excited about uh, well I I know, will, there, there is there is stuff to be excited about oh yeah but like it's it's two matches mm-hmm. like how, how there's only so much i just looked at the card from last year there was one woman's match and that match was thunder yeah. rosa and Tony Storm. Right. There were people representing New Japan, ROH, all these other, you know, there were a couple of federations, but the the women it's it's severe it's severely lacking in general. So yeah, I think there that I, I would hope there's at least two women's matches yeah. or, or you or and and if you're only going to be able to have that many women's matches, one of them should feature stars from, you know, outside of uh outside of the US, I- honestly. No, absolutely, absolutely. Big shout out to Stephanie Hardy uh, and, and to everyone who's left us a voicemail on the Wednesday Worldwide Hotline. Keep hitting us up with your takes. We love hearing them. Brian, uh, Brian does a great job of teasing them in our group chats. He'll just <laughs> yeah, say, he another one came in. It's fire. <laughs> and then, you know, me and Cal, like, uh, sometimes I listen to him before. And sometimes I don't because I won't be surprised in the show. Right. And I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm pleased every time. Like, every time you're all you're all fantastic. So please keep doing them. Keep leaving that uh, th- those voicemails. The number is in the description of this episode. We'll keep getting to them as they flow in. And uh, we've we've actually got a a monster guest coming up here that we we all had just a great time chatting with. So before we get there, let's take a quick. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we are back. 
It is now time to welcome our special guest. Some would consider this dude to be the the podfather of all professional Damn. wrestling podcasts. Damn. He, he's an incredible producer of podcasts, in addition to just being a dope-ass co-host of the, of the Wrestle Rap Podcast and a dope human being. He's also one of the masterminds behind Wale Mania, which is now unequivocally the best event during WrestleMania weekend. Facts. But most importantly, Facts. most importantly, he's one of Kaz's childhood friends. At least that's what Kaz <laughs> claims. He is the man, the myth, the legend, Emilio Sparks. Welcome to Wednesday Worldwide, good sir. Gentlemen, swig of swig of Saratoga spring water for you for that intro. That's uh <laughs> shout out to Ben. That is woo, shout, shout out ben. to Ben, man. My first interaction with Ben was at Wale Mania, and it was right after I fed Solo Sokoa a chip, and it was <laughs> the chips. That's right. <laughs> and I, Ben was like so taken with that. He was like, "It's like you got close to the animal, like you were able to feed him and yeah, not yeah. have your hand not not off." And I'm like, "Yeah, bro, it's what we do, heightening the there improv." Was also, there was beverages flowing, so that might have added to my amazement. But yeah. you know. Yeah. Amazing nonetheless. Thank you. Thank especially you. given his, his current standing. But no, thank you again for doing this. And My pleasure. You, we, we, Amelia, we, we wanted to have you on because you tweeted something about the, about the NXT main roster call-ups last week that, that piqued all of our interest. And, and for context, this is what you tweeted. For the first time in a long time, this generation of NXT performers being presented on main roster television has been well done. All unique and make you pay attention to who they are. Very much agree with that take. And, and, and there's just a certain level of care, it seems, that they've taken with this current group specifically. So I wanted to pick your brain on this. Of this most recent class of NXT call-ups uh, that, that happened you know, a few weeks ago, the, your Zoe Starks's, Cameron Grimes, Grayson Waller's of the world, who do you think has the biggest chance of becoming the next NXT to main roster legend, like a, a Roman Reigns or, or a Seth Rollins or Finn Balor, who are currently enveloped in a storyline. That's a tough one to say because I, I'm more of a, I have to see you do what you do now on a bigger level because it's easy to do, you know, the cool stuff on NXT. But to get the cool <laughs> stuff right. over to what you're doing in a main roster when you know NXT is more for the diehards that want that type of indie feel, they're going to go watch that. And they're going to go watch if you're, if you're into the D league or if you're into like triple a or double a baseball, that's what you're going to go watch in, in, in WWE. Um, but I say the ones that have the most razzle dazzle right now that currently get my attention every time they're on screen is pretty deadly. They, there we go. As a, as a, I won't even like, as a, I think Grayson Waller could have that it, you know, and the way he's mm -hmm. being presented right now with doing the, the Grayson Waller effect and, and being the catalyst for, you know, this to uh, keep the storyline and the plot going with what's going on with the, um, with Oscar and the women's stuff. That was cool. I thought that was great where, mm -hmm. where EO came out and Oscar and they had like that. They were cutting that promo and that was done on his show. And I guess that's used to see him that he stirs the pot with certain things. Um, so I, I have yet to see him do anything in the, in the SmackDown ring, but 
it's pretty deadly, man. They have the look. Most of all, they have the the character, and they're highly entertaining. And I think that's like one of the things we don't really gravitate towards when we're watching NXT because I think we're still as fans programmed to think, oh, it's it's like black and gold still. I want to see the the indie rific sure. super kick Canadian destroyers tope thing. Now you're not gonna see that. What you're seeing is in real time, you're seeing these these individuals legitimately work out their stuff. Now whether or not it's good stuff or it's bad stuff, I know the internet was was really on the rocks, kid, for not, ah, oh, she's been there for six years. What is she doing? Well, she's trying to work it out. And the only way you Man. do work that out is if you do that that Florida loop or you're going to get on TV where it really counts and where the pressure's really on you instead of working for, I don't know, 100 people at a UFW hall, you're going to come here and you're going to do this on, on television where the nerves are a little bit more. So you're under a microscope. Now, whether or not the kid develops into this, like, tactician or whether or not she just figures it out on her own way, you're watching that develop in real time. So to see, like, you know, the tag team, like, Pretty Deadly really do it in real time was impressive there. Then they got to work the New Day, which if you Mm -hmm, can hang with them via a promo, Mm -hmm. not even the ring stuff, right? Because you you look at wrestlers or specifically ones that are signed to the WWE and you already know you have a certain in-ring thing that they like that they signed you. Now whether or not you develop is on you. But if you can hang, you can hang and they signed you for a reason. And for them to be put with alt, arguably to me one of the greatest stables and one of the greatest, you know, tag teams in in WWE history when it's all said and done in Kofi Kingston, Big E and Xavier Woods. Um that's no easy task. And the stuff that they did with Pretty Deadly when New Day was NXT Tag Team Champions was really, really dope. And to see them come up and do what they're doing now and they're being partnered with Austin Theory and they're playing off, like, the more character stuff. Like, you're seeing, like, why you want to boo them. And I think that's the important thing. A lot of, like, a lot of stuff in, in, like, oh, they got to be cool, but they got to be too cool for the room and we really can't like them and it, it so with this, they're not afraid to be silly. They're not afraid to be flamboyant. They're not afraid to be over the top and mix a little androgyny into what they're doing with their outfits and their hair and overall sometimes their body movements. And to me, that makes the, like, really pay attention to what they're doing. It's like, oh, wow, let me, let me, let me, let me watch these guys wrestle in a tag team match. When they do the gauntlet match on SmackDown this coming Friday, I want to see specifically what Pretty Deadly does and see how far they advance. Indeed, indeed. I'm, see, that's why I like having Sparks around because a lot of people would have been, a lot of people probably would have said Grayson Waller, but you know, you say pretty, and you understand why. And I, I, that's why I, I love the tweet because one of the key things about that tweet was where you said, it's been a long time we've seen, since we've seen something like this go from NXT to the main roster and have it really feel really, uh, really organic it feel really natural and and I, I wanted to know from you who would you say were some of the best examples of that from like when you say it's been a long time when would you think would have been the most recent time where we got to see something like this i mean listen you look at bianca belair she's a just you can define her as generational you know once in that that class that era you know mm-hmm. of, of nxt and the way she was presented there the way her squash matches went you knew that this 
woman was just going to be absolutely special. And then she delivers. But something gets lost in the sauce with other call-ups that aren't Bianca. And that happened, (laughs) you know? I think for me, though, you know, it had to be... Yeah, it was Asuka, too. But, man, I think in terms of character stuff, right? Because that's what I really want to see. Specifically Mm -hmm. during that black and gold... Like, there was that black and gold era... But that pre-stuff to me was more special. For some reason, that black and gold ever didn't hit. It just it it okay. did not it it did not hit in terms of call-ups. And everybody would just be like, okay, right. cool. But but what is this? Like, right. look at what the hit list that came out. Enzo and Kaz to me probably had the greatest night after mania reaction when they came out and Enzo cuts that promo right. on the Dudley Boys. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that, and listen, say what you want about Enzo and Kaz as a tag team. Say what you want about Big Bill and Real One as performers. But right. they knew what they were doing. And when you put that mm-hmm. microphone in a guy like Enzo Amore's hand, one of two things are going to happen. You're either going to be so magnet, like you're going to be so enamored with his charisma that you're all in. Right. And he's this amalgamation of everybody that I ever went to high school with. Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. you're going to hate him so much that now he gets the heat that he needs. And then they can figure out whether or not they're going to be Rudos or they're going to be Technicos. So it's it's one of those things. Um, So I think they had a dynamic one. Johnny Gargano didn't hit. Johnny's one of my favorite wrestlers. I mean, I, I searched everywhere when he was doing the indie run to get one of those Johnny wrestling shirts in the state of Cleveland. Cause he's just one of my favorite mm-hmm. guys. He was this bigger deal in NXT because it was that specific style dictated. It was indie riffing that like, I always make the case that that black and gold era was PWG 2011 when like PWG was just on fire and it had everybody right. from the bucks to Steen to generico to Colby Bay. Yeah. had everybody. But I don't know, man. You just you look at that Tommaso Ciampa, another one. It kind of fell flat. Like you're like, oh, what's what's going on here? Ricochet, great wrestler, but it did not really translate. Now, over the years since Ricochet has been on the main roster, he's now starting right. to find his own rhythm and he's, he found his own pace with you know a United mm-hmm. States Championship run with an Intercontinental Championship run, you know. But that first year was really like, well, what are you? Are you a tag team wrestler? Because they teamed you up with with Aleister Black, and he was another one that wasn't really properly highlighted in and in, in WWE on the main roster. Now I think wow, as, damn. now I think now when he's doing the House of Black stuff, I think you know maybe that's a little bit more creative control. But you're seeing a right. lot more of the character work and the gimmick stuff, and it's like, oh, okay, now it's making me pay attention to this trio because they're doing mm-hmm. spooky right. It's not too scary, right. but it's not too weird. And I don't know. They just never did that. They did that there in NXT, but they didn't do it in on the main roster. You know, Liv Morgan could right. be another one where you say, like, you know, you want to say the Riot Squad when they got called up. Well, what were they? Were you, were you, were you a singular entity that was supposed to get Ruby over? Or were you three separate mm-hmm. women that was supposed to get over? So, the, like, the, the there was just no never clear defined terms. The vaudevillians are another case of that. You know, it's like, what are we what are we doing? Like, who yeah. are they? What are they? Can this gimmick really, like, what's the sustainability of a gimmick? 
And then how many layers mm-hmm. of the gimmick can change? I think Austin Theory is a perfect example of that. I think when Austin Theory yeah. got called up, you're like, but wh- all right, what is he? Who is he? Yeah, he looks a little bit like John Cena and Finn Balor had a baby. It would be it would be this cat. But what <laughs> what is he? Who is he? What, what, I heard his name on the indies. He was this guy in Evolve Wrestling. He was one of Gabe Sapolsky's mm-hmm. like, like kids that he molded and mentored and groomed to become like what he is. You know, I think Matt Riddle is another perfect case of a call up that really didn't make sense at first because you really didn't understand what it was. And now you have the the implied like stoner bro. I'm going to trail off and have these incoherent promos that we think that make no sense, but they totally make sense in the the way like the wrestlers will will look at him with this quizzical look on his face. Then, you know, he gets over. So, I, and then, right. you know, he got with Randy Orton and that was what really solidified him to to do what he's doing right now with guys like Gunter. And I think Riddle will probably beat Gunter for the Intercontinental Championship eventually because he's got to get that. Oh. He's got to get that one. Damn. He's got to get that one up because Gunter keeps on bullying him, keeps on targeting him. Like on Monday Night Raw, after Damian Priest finishes his match with Riddle, he walks out, looks Gunter in the face and goes, pick the bones. And then they mm. go and they attack him. So I think, like, eventually he's probably the one. It seems like he's the one that's going to be built up after, you know, I think Gunter beats Honky Tonk Men's Intercontinental Championship record. Because that's what they're doing. It's clearly. Yeah. It's clear what they're doing. Thank God. Thank God. I mean, I'm more into moments than milestones. All right, Emilio. So we do a segment on this show called They Said What? So... I kind of want to give you an opportunity to maybe end up on they said what with this question. That being, when you look at the NXT roster as well as those who are on level up, if you had to come up with a hot take or someone who could be a big time superstar in the future, who would it be? Somebody that nobody else is thinking about. Who? Uh... And we're gonna, we're gonna hold you to this too. By the way, we're gonna save the. Clip. Yeah, we'll check back in six months. And if you're wrong, it's gonna be like freezing <laughs> freezing cold takes or whatever that Twitter account. Is. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> right? And then I and then I have the uh, <laughs> and then I have the bad faith takers uh, coming with for me with, <laughs> oh, with uh, pitchforks and and torches. And then I'll, exactly, yeah. And then I'll have to, all the rational wrestling internet fans. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're the most uh, heartfelt, understanding individuals <laughs> in the world. Um, okay, so are we talking about somebody like brand brand new, or is it like like who the hell are they, or what are they doing? Because like if you look at that roster right now, it looks like they kind of picked it clean with, uh, with those call ups. So I'm trying to think because I I do watch every Tuesday night because it's wrestling mm-hmm. and I'm addicted to wrestling. Uh, let's see, my guy. Let's see what, yeah. what who do we want to do? Let's let's think. You know what? I I want to say, I don't know if he'll be a big, big deal, but I think if he does go on the main roster doing what he's doing now, give me light skin Noem Dar, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Excellent answer. You know, I, that I, may be the name of the episode. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I also think that Jakara Jackson could probably be a big deal as well. Um, I would mm-hmm. like to see the Creed brothers do something as well. Um, there, there's a few there. Like those, those really stick out to me because again, it's now becoming some things with with character work. And you know what? I'm gonna say Noam Dar for the men. I'll say Jakara Jackson, and mm-hmm. I'll say Thea Hale. 
because nice. Thea, Thea, oh. Thea Hale to me gets it right. I don't mm-hmm. know if if you guys really sit and and watch what she does, right? But when she's on screen with Chase, you, but she does this thing. She tells the story with her face, and that's mm-hmm. something you don't learn that's something you you automatically like pick up on because you're just naturally like you get it case in point was when i guess it was a survivor series promo years ago when rock was intercontinental champion and farouk Mm -hmm. is talking and the rock is doing this whole thing with his face and he's pantomiming that he's swinging the chair and he's grabbing the elbow and he's winking to the camera he's blowing kisses (laughs) to the camera he's like me? Come on. Um, <laughs> it was indicative to that when I watched her do anything of the stuff that she does when she's when she's working in Chase U. The overexcitement. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really say anything, but you see it in her face. You see the importance of, of when when Chase is speaking and and when she's in the match or she's in a headlock or whatever, like rest hold and somebody's like really putting it on. She's making a face when she wins. When she won... That match to to have the when she won the battle royal to have the opportunity to face Tiffany Stratton, who another one could go everywhere, but we're not really talking about the obvious. We're talking about the not obvious, and nobody would really know. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody would be like, "Oh, this girl's five foot nothing. She all right? She's cool. She's twenty years old. No, but if you watch this little five foot nothing twenty one year a twenty year old girl from I think New Jersey of all places, Cal's. Cal Cal State, you know, if if you look at that and you see what she's doing, she's this little, this little firecracker. And that is, Mm -hmm. is the most important thing because it's all about that little subtle nuance when you're not cutting a promo and you're in the middle of a ring. So I'll say, I'll say Noam Dar, I'll say Jakari Jackson and Thea Hale. I love those answers. I do love those answers actually. And I also love the fact that uh, uh, Emilio Sparks could go, you know, we could do this whole episode with Emilio Sparks just talking about NXT, but we can't, unfortunately. And it's also funny because I know you say you you, you just said I, I I love watching Tuesday nights because I also know that you love watching Dynamite Wednesday nights and you're watching wrestling all these other nights. But because of where Wednesday World Worldwide sits, I have to ask you a question. Yeah. But between NXT last night and between AEW tonight Wednesday night, what's one story? That's really got your interest and why? Uh, from both or just from one? Just from one. One story. Okay. Uh, Blackpool Combat Club. Absolutely wrecking shop right now. And doing what they're doing and becoming a dominant force. is prob- And probably doing some of the best heel work of each of mm-hmm. these guys' careers. With and I, I think it's it's you're you're getting a different Brian Danielson. To me, the environmentalist Brian Danielson, when he had an eco-friendly WWE championship, to me still is quintessential Brian at at his Indeed. heel stuff. And that goes, and then secondly, when he was when he was in that ROH run, when he was wearing a cape and he shaved his head and was gonna tell you I was gonna <laughs> kick you in the face. You know, he was a heel then, but people just loved him because he's coming out to final countdown. Um, but this, right. this, this, whatever this is with them right now really sticks out to me because, you know, they're just beating the ever loving. Cr- 
crap out of everybody. And they're taking no prisoners while doing it. John Moxley's coming in and just murking dudes with a screwdriver and they're gigging. Like this just, this just going. So I think that's interesting with them. And I really want to see them go and really mix it up with the elite. And and I think they're gonna do I think they're gonna do I wanna see them win the trios tag team championships. Because I think Ooh. them versus House of Black, oh, yeah. I think them versus House of Black could be the remaining feud for the summer in terms of that belt, right? And oh, I love that. I'm like, ooh, all right, you have Claudio. And you don't Brian Brian doesn't need to wear the belt. Brian doesn't, right. and he said it, he doesn't need a championship belt in AEW. Fine. I made peace with that a long time ago. Give, Thank you. So me too. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> give me I still give have me it. Claudio. <laughs> and it happens, Brian. You know what I mean? The the the, right. the meetings are every every week after yeah. dynamite. So you come and hang out with us. <laughs> we, have, we, have, we have coffee and plain donuts waiting for you. We all sit around in a prayer circle and we uh Right, yeah. You know, we talk it's a good time. We talk it's about the what if. But I think if you have you need like Wheel of Yuta is good, but he's young in regards to like, he's mm-hmm. finally figuring out what, again, character. And that's the hardest thing to do, right? When you're a really good wrestler, sometimes you can't figure out what a character is. And right. with this, it's a little, it's easy, right? I'm tough. I'm going to kick you in the face. I'm going to hurt you. And then you can go anywhere with that, right? Where you could become the tough guy. And then you're working mm-hmm. with Claudio Castagnoli, arguably one of the greatest professional wrestlers of this generation. Um, and you have John Moxley. Those are the three that can really take and wear those belts and do something with Brian as the mouthpiece. I think that mm. that would go really well against what House of Black does, who are equally intense, but aren't yeah. going to say, I'm going to kick you in the face or I'm going to bust you open with a screwdriver. So I would like to see, to see that because there's a juxtaposition in style. Not necessarily wrestling style, but I think overall style in terms of presentation. And I think that's interesting as well. Um, but I, I mean, I could talk AEW all day, so I'll just stop right there. Love it. That's a that's a, that's a great choice. And uh, as Cal said, we got to get you out of here. But Amelia, you're you're our guy. You know that. Thank you. Uh, a couple weeks ago on on Wrestle Rap, when uh, Hollywood when you and Brian Phil Lindsay Waters, man. said said the H <laughs> and Brian Waters for stood for Hollywood. That's I, crazy. The the way I yelp, uh, just listening <laughs> That's privately by myself was was hilarious. Uh, we we Cal and I really appreciate it because Brian's the sweetest dude in the world, That's and funny. it's like, but yeah, it was still like me, the funniest thing. Though. I mean, yo, yeah, called Cal. Yo, Brian dropped a few lbs. I mean, he's wearing like fancy wrestling t shirts. <laughs> he carries around a championship belt. He's showing off that Hollywood smile. Look at him. Like he do, he do be on the timeline with those shots. So he said, if he said Bret Hart T-shirt, yeah. Bret Hart shorts, Bret Hart belt. I, yeah, mean, I saw that. Yo, he's Bret Hart from the feet up, man. It's like, all right, like, hey, man. I get it. He's your favorite wrestler, but I'm a man. Like you got his whole pink and black. Like what are we doing? You know? like, and then I seen him at Wale Mania, and he's walking around, and he's dripped out in the gold, and I'm like, oh man, Brian H. Watt Fildens, he's right. That H stands for Hollywood. That's you know, crazy. Phil, oh my you God. Know, Phil, Phil, Phil's the king of hot takes. You know, like he's a polarizing figure on the internet, whether you like him, love him, or loathe him. You know, so it's like okay. Damn, Hollywood is crazy. No, I mean, come on, look That's at Brian Waters. Look at him with those with those dark eyes that you just fall in love with come on 
Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> he broke. You broke Brian H. Waters. That's great. That's great. Broken him. H. Waters. That's the new name. Brian, do not edit any of this out. Right, all yeah. This all has to stay in the, the episode. episode. This all stay in the episode. I'm not. I'm not editing up. <laughs> uh, Emilio, funny. man, thank, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're a very busy guy. We really appreciate you taking the time out for us. Uh, before we get you out of here, tell the people what else you've got going on in the world and, and where they can find you and your amazing work. I do a lot of the things. So if you listen to podcasts that you know that I've done, hey, you know it. Um, Juan Ep with Peter Rosenberg and Cypher Sounds. The Sessions with Renee Paquette. Talking Shop with Gallows and Anderson. Um, Rassle Rap with me and the Mighty Vin. That, that's a two-time-a-week podcast now. We're trying to do two episodes a week. That's been as fun to do because I really don't I like, like to hear my own voice and talk about professional <laughs> wrestling, but we're there. Uh, Wale Mania next year. That's already starting to get planned. So just Whoa, stay tuned. There for, go. Stay tuned for that. We were, we were the 10th trending thing on Thursday into Friday. So that was Amazing. great. I think we beat out at one point Stormy Daniels, which was a really <gasps> odd <laughs> flex but hey nice thanks america we appreciate you uh, put that on your resume yeah yeah for real that's what i'm gonna yes yes the next thing i do when they say well what have you done to have a social media imprint well i co-curated one of the hottest parties in the professional wrestling scene and we were trending over stormy daniels during all this <laughs> stuff that's going on between her and a former president of the that's united right. states so Take that. There you go. So, but yeah. Period. And if you wanna if you wanna follow me on social media, you could at Emilio Sparks, E-M-I-L-I-O-S-P-A-R-K-S. Haven't updated my Instagram officially in a year. So happy anniversary to the picture of Mike Tyson eating Chipotle <laughs> on my my <laughs> on my uh, timeline. You can have that, but I'm more active on on Twitter. But uh yeah, slide in my nice. DMs and say there hello. It is. There we go. Amelia, you're the freaking best, oh, man. Thank you so it. much for coming on. Thank you, guys. We hope to have you on again soon. Uh, please, let me know. And you guys got to come on Wrestle Rap too. Brian H. Waters has been on. Cal's been on. Got to get you on. Mm -hmm. I've been on. Do that. Throw, throw up the bat signal. You know what I mean. Got you. <laughs> I love it. All right. And before we get out of here, let's hit on last night's NXT and tonight's upcoming Dynamite We'll start over on the NXT side. Let's each pick the biggest thing that stood out to us. And uh, let's let's vote on one to talk about more in depth. Brian, kick things off for us. What was your biggest NXT takeaway? Man, I mean, <laughs> Seth Rollins answering just how creative it was. I loved it. Okay. Spoiler alert, samezies. Uh, Cal, <laughs> what, what do you have? I, I do appreciate that, and I think that's probably what we should talk about. But again, I am just as astonished as I can be that uh, I, I like watching competitive Baron Corbin on NXT. And also, see, every week, his his like he went from like full clothes to like uh, uh under armor shirt and like long short he's now he's just got shorts on like he's gonna be wrestling just he's gonna be wrestling like goldberg like next week i, th I think it, 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 there's something interesting going on with baron corbin and and i'm i'm just surprised because I, I was a 180 like this time last year on him oh a thousand percent so actually both of mine you both mentioned my one my one was brian and seth one a yeah mellow and corbin yeah uh, which I, I love the fact that Melo called out Corbin's cooking TikTok. Uh, that, 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 that popped me like you would not believe. But let, 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 
let us dive into this bronze set thing a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, first of all, Braun is just he's just really reshaped his his image a little bit in terms of, you know, he's really leaning into this heel thing. Yeah. That aside, Seth is coming to NXT. Yeah. This is this isn't happening on Raw. He's coming to NXT. This is going to be incredible. I like it. I like it. I I I think who was it? Brian Ace was with you last week mentioned who mentioned Ric Flair, the fighting champion walking around. I, who did I somebody when, yeah, when, once Brian, I heard yeah. that, I said, Yeah, that's what needs to happen. And I and and I I, I again trips, I don't know if, if you HBK, I don't know who's listening to Wednesday Worldwide, but I do appreciate because it's what it's gonna be the main event of week one of Gold Rush. I'm, I'm, I yeah. imagine that's gonna be the main event. Um very smart, very smart, and I, I will, I kind of wait. If I look at, it, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say that uh, the oh yeah no, and Carmelo's ba- and Baron is going to be week two. So I like that having major world titles main event each show. I, I, it's it feels perfect. It feels perfect. It feels good. I mean, we'll talk about the Gold Rush trademark in a little bit, which yeah. they, they filed for. Uh, I think it was was it last week or yeah, earlier it, this week? I think it was like the 9th of June is what the run report said. Yeah. Brian H. Waters, you brought this up earlier. Is there any chance Seth drops the title to Braun Breaker? Any chance? <laughs> no <laughs> chance. Okay. <laughs> wow. No wow. chance in hell. That was good. Right, that, that, was good. good. <laughs> that was good. That was good. I, I like teed that. that up for you. I, like I teed that. it up for him. <laughs> I'm glad he went for I, it. I, it's, it's gonna be a banger, though. I'm I'm, I'm really yeah. excited for it. Hell yeah! It's, that's it's that's the, so, that's the caliber so of opponent good. he needs right now, right? Like I, I mean, for for Braun to be next level, like again, I I feel like just this piggybacking off the conversation we just had with Amelia earlier. It, it's one of those things where for somebody to get to the next level, you kind of need to have these types of bouts. Is Braun ready? We don't know. Braun's not really had like that major level, you know, main main roster of competition. This is going to be a big test for Braun, win or lose. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and this Gold Rush trademark, real quick to put a bow on this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like this is just going to be a tournament, which is why they filed for it. Or I mean, I guess a potential PLE yeah. down the road. I I be- there was a there was a Gold Rush tournament. Oh, uh, the early 2000s, I believe. And I don't think the term has been used since. Um, NXT's been big on grabbing a lot of those uh, those legacy brands. Uh, there's a great American right. Bash schedule, right. you know, not too long from now as well. Um, but yeah, the, the fact that they filed for the trademark and then there's like a two-week uh, uh, TV special event, I at least I feel like this may be their June thing. Like mm-hmm. for TV as opposed, because Great American Bash was a two week thing on TV. That was when when Keith Lee beat Adam Cole. That was on a Great American Bash. I want to say that was twenty twenty because it was there was and then there was that other week where Sasha Banks had a match on there as well. Right, um, right, right. Yeah, I, I, it may, maybe Gold Rush will be replacing Great American Bash in that aspect, and uh, we could be getting a situation where they could be again turning it into some type of tournament, or at the very least, this could be their Night of Champions type thing again because they, they've yeah. announced a lot of uh, title matches so far. Who knows? All right, all right. Looking at tonight's AEW Dynamite, what's the one thing 
you're looking forward to most. Cal, I'm gonna kick it to you. What do you got? Oh gosh, I I think I'm gonna go elite versus Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, Brian, <laughs> you've thrown your hands up in frustration. Do you have the same thing? See, see, that's what happens when you talk to Emilio Spark <laughs> before you do the segment. Because I was thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when I saw I was like, oh, wait, yeah, this match is happening. That match is happening. Man, I just wish it was a bigger deal. But nonetheless, you know, I'll take it on Dynamite. I'm looking forward to it. Right. I also I, I also have that as mm-hmm. mine. And just for just breaking kayfabe a little bit, we the three of us don't talk about this until right. we reveal it. Right. So mm-hmm. you're right. The influence of Emilio was just in my head where it was just when I was kind of picking one. I was like, he's right. No, he's Black right. Black Combat Club's doing the best heel work of they, their they careers. They really are, yeah. All of that and then was facts. I, I furiously typed it down uh, as, <laughs> as my pick. But it's going to be it's gonna be a banger. I mean, for a random Wednesday, uh, I feel like they should they maybe should have saved this to go head-to-head against Gold well, Rush next week. But well, again, don't, don't forget, I mean, there's also a whole, like, Adam Cole and MJF, that's a world title eliminator that's match. Right. They've right. got uh, Tony, the, the Sky Blue's getting her women's championship match against Tony Storm. There's, there's some, there's going to be some, I don't know why they're going in so hard on this Wednesday night, but uh, it, it, it looks like it's going to be, a, uh, on paper, it looks like it's going to be a good episode of Dynamite. Absolutely. Yeah. A thousand, a thousand percent. Guys, that is how you do Wednesday. Be sure to check out our other Ringer Wrestling Show offerings as we are coming to you every single day of the week. We've got the Masked Man Show with David Shoemaker and Kaz on Mondays and Thursdays. We've got Cheap Heat on Tuesdays and Fridays with Peter Rosenberg, Stack Guy Greg, and Dip. And you'll find Wednesday Worldwide smack dab in the middle. And of course, Wednesdays. If you're not already, be sure to follow us, subscribe, and hit us with those five-star ratings here on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. Also, Check out the two just incredible pieces that were written last week about the Iron Sheik uh, mm-hmm. after he passed. One by David Shoemaker himself mm-hmm. and the other by Oliver Lee Bateman. We'll have them linked in the description of this episode. Do yourself a favor. Take some time out to read both of them. They are yes. they are fantastic. Cal, I know you... you edited uh both of those you, yeah. you, do you want to speak to anything and i don't spoil anything obviously but no anything you wanted to highlight I, about those i will say i mean again literally we started last week's show and uh that was the main that was like the first mm-hmm. piece of news we had to hit and it since then i was literally you know hitting the ground running talking to oliver talk and i fun fact this is the first solo shoemaker piece that I've ever edited at the ring. It only took a oh. year, but uh, you know, it's it, he was shoemaker was very um, he was very hype about wanting to you know pick up the pen and put something down for Sheik. So re- I would say sure. read his piece first, and then you know if you want the full Iron Sheik obit, um, shouts to Oliver Lee Bateman. He always does a phenomenal job with with with, with this work, and uh, you know he really knocked it out the park with this piece. Absolutely. Cal, Brian, before we get out of here, tell the people where they can find you on the socials. Um, I'm at Cal on Twitter, at Cal Dub on Instagram, at Cal Dub on TikTok as well. And I'm only saying that because I know what Brian H. Waters is going to bring up and people randomly <laughs> follow me over there because I, I don't I don't even be on TikTok like that, but Ring of Wrestling Show is, right? Yep. Oh, you best <laughs> believe it is. Brian, plug that. Plug the hell out of that thing. 
Yeah, make sure y'all check us out on Ring of Wrestling TikTok. We got, you know, some of the uh, clips from all of us. You know, <laughs> all of us, we, we put our clips up there as well as on Twitter. So Ring of Wrestling, that's the place to be. But we also make it interactive. So you can actually respond. That's right. I do put the question and answer. So you can respond and, you know, maybe we'll repost. Maybe we'll bring it on the show. Maybe like it that. will be on the Wednesday Worldwide Hotline. So make sure y'all do that. Follow me at Brian H. Waters on all social media platforms. There it is. And you can follow me if you so choose at Cruise Control. That's Control with a K. Gentlemen, thank you as always for the Graps chat. Everyone else, we will catch you next week. Worldwide.